Hello and welcome back to Speedrun, where I am holding a DS game right now. And did you know that in this game, in order to save the village and her family, Azuna must set off on foot into the territory of the gods. What she finds is an ever-changing maze filled with monsters. And I'm Jazzy. Hi, I'm Jamie. Welcome, welcome to my welcome to my my gamer room. Anyways, welcome back, Tark's Gauntlet, to the show. It's good to be here. I I am welcome not currently back. holding any games in my hands, so I ain't got an elevator pitch for you. I've got some Bed Bath Beyond hand lotion in my hand. It's kitchen lemon scented. Thanks for asking. Oh, cool! I love that game on DS. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. I did you hear? I, it's a shame it's not getting a Switch port. Yeah, no, it's it's a crying shame. It, it didn't sell too well the first time. I understand. Yeah. Yeah, nah. So what are we talking about this week? Well, this week we are talking about obscure RPGs that you need to play. So let me start the, the timer because Tarks, you are considered an RPG expert. And by that, I mean people really like it when you do the YouTube thing about RPGs. That's good because I'm not... People I don't think, order uh, our RPGs. I don't think I'm an expert. There's uh, definitely better people out there uh, for that. Like Eric Langdon, RPG. That guy's played everything. There's a lot of classics I never touched. And uh, it kind of hangs over my shoulder a bit, but... RPGs is mostly what I look at, yeah. Yeah, well, and I think your content's incredible. I mean, if I, I mean, if I didn't love your content, you know, we wouldn't have invited you on the show, right? Yeah, well, I'm getting, I mean, I'm getting, I'm getting suspicious now. <laughs> I was gonna say that was pretty sus. I'm <laughs> pretty. Uh, so the first RPG really we want to talk about is a little indie game called Among Us. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Of the podcast. <laughs> what is your actual first game? Tarks, you ready? Yeah, sure. You want me to take the first one here? Yeah. Sure. Okay, so uh, well, I guess we'll stick with the DS family, 3DS, uh, Stella Glow. It is um, a tactical RPG. It's made by a company called Image Epoch. They, uh, they went bankrupt and defunct before this game was finished, and their CEO went missing for like three years. Uh, very, what? very oh. interesting development history, but the game itself, very solid, like a lot of sprite graphics, uh, plays kind of like a Fire Emblem Disgaea type game. Uh, a lot of music is worked into it, so it kind of has like this Artanelico sort of thing going on. Uh, a, a lot of your main characters are like song maidens. It, it's a little bit Idea Factory-ish as well, where almost every character has amnesia, but that's, that's a story for another time. Uh, in, in terms of visuals, combat, and uh, music especially... Uh, Stella Glow is one people should absolutely play. Got a very small print on the 3DS. It was released here by Atlas because Image Epoch went under. Uh, very hard to find now, especially if you want like the day one edition with the poster and stuff like that. Highly recommend it. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah, that sounds fantastic. Now, Jazzy, there's a game you mentioned before we started this called Avalon Code. Yes, and I'm so happy you segued into it because Avalon Code is such, such a cool game that I've never heard anyone talk about. I picked it up in like eighth grade at Best Buy, you know, when Best Buy was cool and they had like a whole like situation of, of DS games and GBA games. So I'm very old if you don't remember, but Avalon Code is oh i cannot remember the developer to save my life but it is a 3d rendered and voice acted Ooh. yes you heard that right 
huge DS RPG where you go around with this tome and then you fill up the tome with pages and pages of like the local flora and fauna and enemies and towns and people. And it's just, you're basically like creating a codex of the world that you live in. And it's, it also has real time combat. It is unbelievably impressive for its time and for its console. And if you want to find a legit copy, it it can go for like 40, 50 bucks now about um obviously there are <clears throat> ways to get your hands on it uh my favorite edition is a uh, english rom that has been um not backported but i forget i forget the word for it but back translated as it were where it has all the original japanese voice acting with all the english uh, text the, the, and i an think undub thank you undub. yes undub the undub, I think, is the definitive way to play Avalon Code. And if you are a fan of handheld RPGs, you definitely owe it to yourself to check this one out. Now, actually, it's funny because we're talking about the DS because I really started thinking about DS games because I ended up mentioning Starlene uh, last episode. I remember a game she mentioned that XE did really done, done a good job with on the DS that's impossible to find nowadays is Retro Game Challenge, which isn't an RPG, it's just kind of an homage to 80s arcades. And it's a game I don't own, but a game I do own that I found for five bucks, at, not at Value Village, but at, rather at Wynn, which is a really cool series of uh, thrift stores on Vancouver Island, where every sale goes to help local women's shelters. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, this is Izuna Legend of the Unemployed Ninja. And I have price charting up right now. This, I got my copy. I had no idea what it was, but I saw the Atlas logo on and I was like, oh, that's the Persona people. <laughs> so I had to like pick it up, right? And I'm looking at it now and complete in box like this. It's apparently worth $116 now. It's a rare one. Dang. It is an uncommon game. Did, did, Atlas, honestly, uh, did Atlas make it or did they just publish it? I'm curious. It looks like they just published it. It looks like the developer was success. Okay. I don't know them. It looks really interesting, though. I, I really... Uh, honestly, I think the back of the box says it better than I could. Uh, old school, straight-up dungeon RPG play. Modify your weapons, unleash powerful ninja cells, spells. And randomly generated dungeons. Every game is different. And it's funny, because of all those features, that the, well, the first time I briefly played it, uh, this is a game I'm sure not a lot of people have played, but remind me a bit of Sorcery Saga, Wrath of the Great Curry God on Vita. Vita. Yeah, because I was. I want that game. I'll, I yeah. want the collector's edition. I want that that stupid bib and like the. It comes with like a plate and like a fork and a spoon too, right? Yeah, yeah. like it remind me of that, except instead of in the, that three D chibi art style, this one looks like an actual. Uh, well, it looks like a SNES game. I mean, I can dig it. Yeah, I really like Sorcery Saga is great as well. Uh, but Tarks, I know you have another game you wanted to mention as well. Uh, yeah, there's a series. I'm going to butcher the pronunciation, so um, bear with me. It is called Utaware Ramono. Anybody anybody heard of it? So no. no. Utaware Ramono originally started as a visual novel on PC. It, it did have like a lot of Eroji, like H content, which got cut out in later versions. Uh, especially when it got ported to console, but there's three main games in the series available now, officially localized uh, on PC, 
Uh, two of them are on PlayStation Vita, and the whole trilogy is also on PlayStation 4. So you have Uduari Ramono Prelude to the Fallen, which is a remake of the first game. Uduari Ramono Mask of Deception and Mask of Truth, which are uh, the two newest ones. There's also a, a spin-off hack and slash game called Utawari Ramono Zan. Uh, wouldn't recommend it. Exactly. It condenses what's essentially oh. a 50-hour story to a six-hour game. Really doesn't work, but uh, the main series, uh, definitely it's for anybody out there who likes a lot of character-driven uh, classic adventures, like in these fantastical worlds. The, the world-building is extremely deep. Uh, there's a lot of like interesting political systems. I, I want to say the plot is almost Shakespearean at times. There's a lot of comedy, but there's a lot of tragedy too. Like it's a very be a very heart heartbreaking and uh, gripping game. Combat wise, it's like um another Disgaea Fire Emblem type game. It's definitely made on a budget, and you can see that when you look at it. But um, I, the gameplay is not exactly what most people are into the series for. But yeah, Uduai Ramono definitely needs uh some more attention that was a very bespoke overview thank you yeah you you actually like you you kind of sold me on trying this entire series you said the first one was on vita uh the first one was actually on pc but uh mask of Tr deception and mask of truth came out on vita and playstation 4 oh sweet the uh the game prelude to the fallen is a remake and proper localization of the first game which I don't think they released on Vita because it only just came out this past year. Right. But yeah, uh, I think I think the series is fantastic, but word of warning to anybody, like we're talking about RPG games here. This is like maybe 20% RPG. The other 80% is visual novel, and that can turn a lot of people off. So maybe that's why it's still so niche. I... And it's a shame, too, because there's so many really beautifully done visual novels out there. Like, uh, I, I, you know, I remember last year I played through Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly, which I thought was just fantastic. Good choice. Uh, Axis, uh, localized game. Is that one um, uh, in Atome? Do you know what an Atome is? Uh, like, um, uh, it's like a dating game, usually, like, uh, I guess aimed at women usually you're dating like guys but um no it was actually more of like a, a mystery adventure game where you literally i'm not gonna super spoil it but basically you wake up after being in an accident you feel like you've basically died in this giant mansion with the, this group of people you've never met before and there's no way out of the mansion is it kind of like i'm interested in this so i just i just might ask a couple questions but the mansion yeah. Kind of like uh, old Victorian style. Yeah. yeah. See, that's that. I'd also got a sequel called uh, Psychedelic of the Ashen Hawk, which I need to look at because I actually got gifted a copy of it. Yeah, that sounds like my kind of aesthetic. At the time, Axes was releasing a lot of visual novels, and a lot of them were Otomes, which I've I've only ever played like Oh, you mean the developer Otomate? No, Otome as in like the genre. Um, it's it's like a. So you have like Atomes and Galgs. I'm saying that totally wrong. Uh, they're just two different types of dating games aimed at two different types of audiences and uh, two different demographics. And Axis was localizing a lot of Atomes at the time, a lot of dating games for uh, for women. Like that's I'm putting this in quotes. A lot of dating games for women right. because that's that's the demographic that they built it for. 
I've played a, a couple of Tomes. I haven't been keeping up with Axies as much as I'd like because the games are kind of pricey and hard to find. Right. But, uh, psych this one was by Axies, by the way. Yeah, Psychedelia, Psychedelia of the Black Butterfly. Psychedelica. Psychedelica of the Black Butterfly has been on my radar for a while. I just, I yeah, just didn't quite know what it was. Have, I do have um, two questions. Yes. One for the view for the listeners at home, rather, Jamie. Yes or no question. Uh, you said that uh, in in the game you're going around like a castle and like a manor, a mansion, do, a mansion. Thank you. Uh, is this at all like Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle for the Game Boy Color? Yes or no? No, not at all. It's very. It's completely. No, 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 no. I said yes or no. Answer next. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, no, not, not okay, at all. I'm not getting it. Sorry. Back it <laughs> No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> but uh second question is what is the name of the other game that you were talking about that was um aimed at uh like a dating sim aimed at women and after the show is over can you link me to it <laughs> oh a tome style game tome's yeah um, yes i reviewed one once it was a uh, hakuoki kyoto winds uh, i think is what it was called you you play as like a a girl who ends up having to stay in a large building with a bunch of training samurai of course like sexy samurai men so there's like a lot of romance with them woof yeah it was mm. it was it was actually pretty good i kind of liked it so nice but yeah that was that was probably i think my so first time with an otome really they're kind of just like any other sort of visual novels you know with with anime you have like uh shonen and cnn shonen are like your mm -hmm. your dbc mm -hmm. shows that are more or less aimed at like uh, adolescent males and then you have like uh cnn which i guess Unuyasha technically qualified back in the day or was designed or aimed at women um i don't know i fuck i oh i'm dropping the f-bomb i loved Inuyasha. <laughs> we get one per episode we're technically pg-13 yeah well i just i just took it from you guys i'm sorry i just took it but yeah Inuyasha mm -hmm. was like i guess i'm designed crushed. For women or aimed at women i i liked it so i i guess we have two minutes left do y'all quickly want to go over one more game each sure yes no one ever talks about spectrobes no one spectrobes are so good that the one that was Thank basically you. disney pokemon yeah no it was literally disney pokemon and i don't want to say it's obscure because it is by disney and got like huge promotion on american television networks but no one ever talks about it and it's so so good uh instead of catching your pokemon called spectrobes in this game you dig them you dig fossils out of the earth and then like reawaken them and you can train them and evolve them and do ev iv stats all the stuff you can do in pokemon i just slapped the shit out of my, my stand <laughs> but if you got the game new when it came out you would notice that the package was literally bulging open because it was stuffed full of these cards that had little punches in them. And what you did is you line that up over your DS screen and like put your stylus through the holes and it would give you a new spectrobe. And it was so cool. Oh, that's cool. It's real cool. Tarks, what is your last game for the episode? All right, so this one uh, never used to be obscure, but the series has been dead for probably 15 or more years. And I feel like new RPG players probably don't know anything about it, but that's Ark the Lad. Yes. Yeah, most mm. of you 
probably at least know the name, right? It, it was pretty kind of big back in the day, but they released one bad game that sold like crap and reviewed like crap, and then they died forever. Uh, I, not too long ago, played through Ark the Lad Twilight of the Spirits, and uh, for a PlayStation 2 game, I was honestly quite blown away. The game looks great. It has really cool turn-based uh, combat. The characters are fun. The music is insanely good coming out of a PlayStation 2 of all things. Uh, I really, really like the world building. The story, uh, there's a, like a lot of undercurrents about like race relations and stuff like that. So the game does have like a few things to say for anybody who cares to listen. Uh, I really, I really wish Ark the Lad was still going. I, I wish that kind of energy was still going. It, it died too early. So yeah, no, Ark the Lad. It, it absolutely did. And it's a shame because it's not a series I ever really got to dive much into. I remember, I've, I, I remember there's one I got to try and, at, at a friend's house after, after we read about, about it in Game Informer of all things. Well, it's had a, it's had a troubled history. On PlayStation 1, they released an Ark the Lad collection, which I is one of the only physical releases the series ever got. And that Ark the Lad collection, I think it had like three to five games on it, but was somehow seven discs or something. It was a very expensive package to make, and it cost like a hundred something dollars when it came out. But making that package bankrupt the company. So like people were wary Holy of Ark the Lad. Then on PlayStation 2, it got at least two games. Uh, Twilight of the Spirits, and then it's follow-up game, whatever that was, that was kind of garbage. Oh, that's the game that killed working designs. Yeah, yeah, publishing it. Oh, that's, that's intense. I had no idea that that was the game that did that. They, uh, they went way too big with it, apparently. So y'all can definitely hear it, but you can't smell it. Um, my boyfriend is downstairs making miso soup and shrimp, and I'm really excited for it. And the only reason why I mentioned that is because whenever he's in the kitchen, I actually get an email to my jazzy at stuffweplay.com email address. And the people are like, what's your boyfriend cooking downstairs? So this is me <laughs> answering the question. No, no mid-podcast mimosa this time. No mid-podcast mimosa. We're actually, uh, the bar needs to be restocked right now. It's, it's a very sad state of affairs. That said, we have just hit time, the timer. I do want to very briefly in like 10 seconds mention a, a game from the series that we all agreed is no longer obscure, and that's the East series. If you want a great East game that we never technically got in North America, I mean, we got Memories of Solsetta, which was its remake. That's fantastic. But check out the fan translation and fan dub of East 4 Dawn of Ease for the TurboGrafx-16 CD-ROM. Or Super CD-ROM system. It's really good. Think of, like, uh, a simpler Link to the Past with a, a really kick-ass rock and roll soundtrack. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Anything else to quickly add before we end off? I think that's it. I, ha I have a list of games I'd love to talk about, but I'd be here all night, so I think I'm good. Hey, that's fair. Then in that case, Tarks, thank you so much for coming on to the show. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on YouTube at Tarks Gauntlet, Twitter at Tarks Gauntlet. There's a Discord and a Facebook page, which once again, it's Facebook. I'm not usually there. Apologies to all the people who message me, and I respond seven days late because I'm there to post a new video. Absolutely. I feel that in my soul. <laughs> and with that, 
Speedrun is made possible in part by Podbean. If you want to start a podcast of your own or just transfer your podcast hosting, we'd love to hear you on here. Then check out Podbean. Use the code SPEEDRUN at checkout or go to podbean.com speedrun to check out some great deals on podcast hosting. In addition to that, we are supported in part by Patreon. Check out patreon.com stuffweplay. And we take suggestions for new episodes via email at jamie at stuffweplay.com, jazzy at stuffweplay.com, or via Twitter where we can be found at podcast speedrun. Finally, jazzy... Ep- yeah, I can't, there we go. I finally messed up Hello. part of it. Jazzy edits these episodes. Plug yourself. I do. Uh, ClevelandAudioMixology.com if you want some professional podcast editing that doesn't include me accidentally hitting the the phantom power button and making my mic go in the middle of a recording. So I definitely edited that out. So except from that, I'm very professional and I will edit your podcast. Excellent. So on that note, I have been Jamie. I have been Jazzy. And we have been joined by Tarks. Yeah, I've been Tarks. Yeah. Nobody. Hell I haven't yeah. anybody else today that I know of. Are you sure, sir? Please, not please, yet, sir. Please step in my office. Yeah, we're not going that direction today. I was going to say that's a different podcast. <laughs> so on that note, thank you very much for listening. Stay classy, and I'll see you next time. Bye.